Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Ecclesiastes chapter 1 from the World English Bible. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What does man gain from all his labor in which he labors under the sun? One generation goes and another generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hurries to its place where it rises. The wind goes toward the south and it turns around to the north. It turns around continually as it goes and the wind returns again to its courses. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the rivers flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness beyond uttering. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is that which shall be, and that which has been done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there a thing of which it may be said, Behold, this is new? It has been long ago, in the ages which were before us. There is no memory of the former, neither shall there be any memory of the latter that are to come among those that shall come after. I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under the sky. It is a heavy burden that God has given to the sons of men to be afflicted with. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a chasing after wind. That which is crooked can't be made straight, and that which is lacking can't be counted. I said to myself, Behold, I have obtained for myself great wisdom above all who were before me in Jerusalem. Yes, my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also was a chasing after wind. For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. That is the end of chapter 1. Having read Ecclesiastes previously, I know it is important to take this book as a whole in order to understand the parts. It's similar to reading one of the New Testament letters. You can only be sure you are understanding and quoting a single sentence or verse, as they are broken apart for us now, correctly if you have taken it as a part of the whole presentation. And we can be pretty sure that the author here knew what the ending was going to be before he wrote it. The author refrains from directly identifying himself by name, but he does mention several things that seem to indicate strongly that it was Solomon. I looked up the first verse here in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 in several different translations, and most of them use the word preacher, several of them use the word teacher, 
But then I found that it comes down to a Hebrew word, which I'm not going to say correctly, koholet or koheleth, depending on exactly how they translate the Hebrew into our alphabet. Gotquestions.org says that this Hebrew word means preacher or teacher or a collector of sayings. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia has this to say. The word does not occur elsewhere, although it is from a stem that is in common use. Apparently, it has been coined for a purpose by the author of Ecclesiastes. In other words, the stem is used of people gathering in assemblies, and it seems to be that the meaning here might be a citizen of such respectability that he is entitled to participate in public assemblies. The Hebrew title of this book uses this word, koholeth, but the Greek has been used, uh, the Greek word ecclesia, which you will probably recognize from being the word we translate church in the New Testament, and that has been used in naming this book in English to Ecclesiastes, the assembly. It seems to me that the author is going out of his way to, on one hand, present himself as just another person, and on the other hand, to present his credentials for being able to state the things that he states. It is interesting the past tense that is used not only in chapter 1, but we'll see throughout. For instance, in verse 12, it says, I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. I applied my heart to seek and to search out wisdom. This use of past tense is one of the things that causes some people to say that Solomon couldn't have written this, that it is just written from his perspective. But one thing is for sure that every time people have questioned whether it belongs in the canon of Scripture, again to quote the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, every time on close examination the challenge was decided in its favor. And also it was recognized as being in the canon at the time of Christ, and he spoke of all the Scripture as pointing to him. There is some discussion about whether the language usage in this book, Ecclesiastes, should cause it to be dated at a different time. And I will link to the um, International Standard Bible Encyclopedia where this is discussed more thoroughly. But there are many markers throughout the book that seem to strongly indicate that Solomon was the author. So on to what is actually said in this book, Ecclesiastes. He begins basically with saying that all is vanity, but I think you could add from an earthly perspective without the perspective of God and what's going on. The author gives examples of weariness, one, the cycle of the sun, two, the course of the wind, and three, the flowing of the rivers, which could also be viewed as the reliability and predictability that makes them useful, refer to God's promise to Noah after the flood in Genesis 8.22, where the regularity of the seasons was supposed to be a comfort to them. I wanted to comment particularly on the way the author describes the sun, which is how most people today still talk about it, and it doesn't mean that these people think that the sun is actually just a little marker moving around in the sky, but that's what it looks like, and that's how it's natural to talk about it. 
And then by way of verifying that he's not just an ignorant ancient who hasn't learned modern science, his description of wind and water is very encompassing, even in its briefness, and indicates that he has a thorough knowledge of these phenomena. Recall 1 Kings chapter 4, verses 32 through 34, which indicate that Solomon was given understanding of the physical world. In verse 8, he says, all things are weariness, and I just can't help thinking that not all things are full of weariness for me. I live on a river. People love to live by water, and the flowing of water is often very peaceful and fun, Um, particularly kayaking and fishing come to mind. That doesn't mean that I don't get weary of the state of this fallen world, but there is joy in the Lord, and we should not forget that as we read this sad expose on a life apparently filled with pleasure-seeking and the meaning of life in the wrong way. Notice that in verse 15, it says the crooked can't be made straight, which is a very general, nonspecific statement. It reminds me of Isaiah 42, 16, where the contrast is that God says the crooked will be made straight because God can do miracles. Shocker. And then in verse 18, this introduction is ended with the thought that wisdom brings grief. But I would say that just wisdom by itself brings grief, which could be a summary of Solomon's life. Thanks for listening. See you next time. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.